Have you been wondering how to become an amazing guest on incredible podcasts, pitch yourself, land those interviews, and actually turn that into hard-earned income without doing it in a weird way, feeling pressured, or just being another kind of tick-in-the-box pitch? Well, that is what this episode is all about. So if you've been wanting to do that for a while and you're just curious about the art of podcasting and the medium of podcasting, both being interviewed and starting your own, I've got it all for you in this episode. Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson, an entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, host of this untapped podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. So my guest today is the high-vibing, high-energy, absolutely beautiful Christine McAllister, who's passionate about helping high-achieving coaches and marketers create more impact and income and attract their next clients with the power of their stories using leveraged organic strategies like podcast guesting. She's generated well over six figures as a podcast guest and has been recognized as the best in the world at podcast guesting by seven-figure founders like John Lee Dumas, Dana Wilde, and Andrew Kreutzer. And she's been featured in Inc., Business Insider, Bustle, Huffington Post, and been on over 100 podcasts, including twice on Entrepreneur on Fire, which is actually the same for me, which is pretty cool. We chat all about basically how to be a podcast guest powerhouse. We talk about Christine's foray into how she ended up and becoming this person who helps people get booked on amazing podcasts and her unique way of doing that, that nobody else is really doing. So we talk about those three tips on this podcast. We also just talk about how podcasting has morphed and changed and what you can do about it to really leverage your own business by being an incredible guest and maybe what's missing out there in podcasts that you can tap into yourself. We also talk about having your own podcast, the power of that, whether it makes sense to do both, where you should start being a guest or having your own, so much that we go into. So I really hope you enjoy this episode because we jam on one of my favorite topics, which is podcasting, obviously, (laughs) having podcasted since 2012. I'm a little bit of a fan. And we also dig into some good old hard truths and get really open and honest and transparent about what it takes to run one. So enjoy, sit back, relax, and listen in. I am so thrilled to have the one and only Christine McAllister here with me on the Untapped podcast today. How are you? So well. Thank you for having me. I am super excited. We're going to have a blast. But first of all, I want to know and let the listeners know how you tap into your potential and get paid to be you. Right now, I get to help super impact-driven coaches and service providers to scale past those 10K months once they've learned how to do that from you in a way that feels really good. I help them become really, really value-driven guests on top podcasts where they get to show up differently than how most guests show up. 
I teach them how to do that, teach them how to create a relationship with the host and the audience that then opens doors on both sides and also ultimately leads to ideal clients. Ooh, I love that. And I love that particular niche of going beyond the podcast into all the opportunities and possibilities that you create for them. So we're going to dive into that heaps more. And I know people are going to get excited because you and I are both big fans of podcasts. We both had podcasts. We've both now been on each other's podcasts. Woo-hoo. And how long has your podcast been going? A year and a half. Okay. Jared and you're at it, but you've done incredible stuff with that in that time, right? And that's what led you into this. But before we get to that, I would love to know what was Christine doing even five years ago? Like what's led you to this path of going, here's where I'm at now. And here's where I know this is my superpower. Thank you. So I've been in or around media in some shape or form for two decades. Wow. It's what I studied undergrad and graduate. And then I was a professor, Prof Christine. (laughs) When I was a professor, so my first job, and I started an online marketing agency as well, because I had done a documentary for our national not-for-profit station called PBS that had aired nationally and had won some awards. And it was about this horse farm and this horse farm and their clients became my clients because they had come to trust me through this piece of media that I had created. And so that was kind of my first inkling of like, this is a really leveraged way to create trust. And I went on to work In online marketing and television broadcasting, I worked at the Olympics from 2002 to 2014, uh, helping put on the international broadcast. And I only stopped doing that when I started having babies and it became a little impractical. And so I ran that online marketing business that took me out of my job, which is where I always wanted to be free, like what we all want. And that was going fine. I was booked out based on referrals. But in 2015, so a little over six years ago, I was expecting my first daughter and heads up that I asked Natalie if I could share this because you're heavily pregnant right now. At the end of my pregnancy, I lost my daughter in a full-term stillbirth. And I didn't know that that was a thing that could happen. It was unexpected. And still is unexplained. So what happened was instead of having a baby, Mm. I was now the girl who that had happened to. And I had no idea how to cope and I had no idea what to do to renegotiate my life. And so, yeah, it was like everything was upside down. Right. And no one knew what to say to me and I didn't know what to say to myself or anyone else. And so In the grief that came out of that, what I decided is that I was going to find a way to make something good out of this. And I was going to create a legacy for her because she wasn't going to be here to do it. And I wanted to finally like step into this thing that I always knew that I had, that I'd known since I was little, which was to have a massive impact. Like when I was little, I said, like, I just, I want to be famous, but (laughs) I don't have like the body or the voice to be Britney Spears because she's my era. And so it was like, well, if I'm not going to be like a famous actor or singer, then I guess there's nothing else because that's what you think when you're <laughs> 10 or 15. And I grew up in Orlando, Florida in the US, which was the center of like Britney Spears, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys culture, right? So that's what I was. And Disney. 
and Disney. I even worked there for a summer. Oh, wow. university. Okay. Yes. So that really started this journey of my current business. And so really what I've done along the way, like I think all of us do is I've just taught what I've already done mm-hmm. and podcast guesting well before I ever started my own podcast was a very leveraged strategy for me because I lost my daughter Maeve in early 2015. At the end of 2015, I was pregnant again. And the last thing I wanted to do was leave the house and have people say stupid stuff to me. I was worried I might punch someone in the face if I was triggered and dealing with my PTSD and all this stuff. And so it was really nice to be able to go into my basement office to talk to another amazing human about what I wanted to talk about and someone who was growth-minded for half an hour. And then if I needed to go throw up from morning sickness or I need to take a nap, or I never got out of my pajamas <laughs> as we do. Like I could do that. And then I had her and I have two beautiful living girls who are two and four. And so the last, this whole business building journey has been like building a family as well. Mm -hmm. And so it's just been a very, very easy way for me to add value. But then also that gets shared. That's not dependent upon the algorithm. It stays online as long as Apple is in business, right? We're good. And then people started asking me to teach it. So that's how we got to where we are today. I love when that happens, when you teach what you know, because you genuinely want to make an impact and you're good at it. And you figured you've got this little like unique angle, which you obviously do. And we'll talk about that. But also you were able to make that business fit around your new family. And I love that. Yeah. I mean, I love that I'm sitting on a Swiss ball right now Woo-hoo. and I've, I've got my yoga pants on, but that's great. It doesn't matter. It's audio only. And we've got this little snippet on video to promote you. But I do love that you can have these quality, amazing conversations, connect with incredible people. I get lit up after my podcast for the day and you're across the world. It's, we can do it from anywhere thanks to Zoom and a podcast mic and some internet when it works. And it's just amazing. So I love that you made that work for the situation that you were in, despite yeah. all the stuff that you must have also been going through. So kudos to you. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> and as just being almost two to three weeks away from giving birth, I can imagine, because everything's been gearing up to this, like you're you're getting ready for a new world. And then for that to just not be available to you must have been. Yeah. So I'm really impressed and hats off to you big time for actually making something of that and going, here's my legacy to my daughter. Mm, yeah. Thank yeah. you. That's thank a big, you. brave, tough thing to do. And aren't we all privileged and glad that you did because then we get to benefit from it. So Let's talk about the power of podcasting. As a long-term podcaster, I've had I've been podcasting since 2012. And even when I'm on maternity leave, we've batched the heck out of some fantastic interviews and solo episodes because I think it's just amazing to turn up in somebody's ear every single week and impart some knowledge and wisdom or learning or insights and do it in a in a unique and different way. Maybe this isn't as unique and different, but just have those quality conversations. So for you, what's, I guess, the the twist that you were alluding to earlier of how to actually take that deeper beyond just the interview? Because that is probably something that I could 100% learn from. Like, I love the relationships you make from doing podcast interviews, yeah. but I can also say hand on heart that sometimes I can't remember that all the people I've interviewed over the years, which is terrible, and maybe haven't done enough around really deepening those relationships, especially with the guests that you just love. So let's talk about why that became important to you and how you've sort of built this business around it and really empower people to lean into that more? Well, I think like a lot of things, 
I got into this because it was really fun. So my very first interview, someone had invited me to their show because I was intimidated to pitch. I was doing a lot of guest blogging at the time because I could be behind a computer and I didn't have to, I could write, I'm a great writer and I could write, but I didn't have to like pitch myself, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody invited me and I thought, well, that sounds easy enough to say yes. And I was actually in for extra monitoring and a labor and delivery triage bed the first time that I recorded a podcast interview. And there's a picture of me. Yeah. There's a picture of me eight months pregnant with my now four-year-old. I'm all hooked up, wires everywhere, including in my ears where I have my earbuds to record my first. And I said to the nurse, look, can I have the room for 20 minutes? We know everything's fine. Can you turn off the beeping? You can watch me from the nurse's station. And I really would like to honor this commitment. And she was like, okay, weirdo, right? You try try to respect the wishes of an eight months pregnant high-risk person. Wow. And it turned out to be really fun. And so then what I did from there was I thought, okay, like you said, this is a great door to be able to open, to show up differently and to really intend to co-create something Mm -hmm. that is as much fun for the host as it is for me. And it's as much fun for the audience as it is for both of us. Yeah. And so I started to think about like, what could I do? Because at that time, and my audience is still small very small by standards of, you know, having a multiple six figure business. But at that time it was like super small. And so I was like, what can I do to do something for them when I'm not going to go on wherever and share with 10,000, 50,000, a hundred thousand people. And so I just started thinking about like how to be a person of value and apply that to podcast guesting. And what I found was that like these people 10 times or more ahead of me in business. I just really like your approach. Like, I just want you to hang out. Here's my program for free. Can I affiliate for you? Let me introduce you to my friends. Are you looking to be on other shows? Yeah, I'll hang out with you in person when you come to my city, even though I never leave the house to meet strangers from the internet. It was like that kind of friendship that started. And it was really just because there were a few things that I did to differentiate myself so that Nobody else had ever done that when they had interviewed hundreds of people. And it's not anything hard. It's really just like showing up with the intention of, I realize that this is a big deal for you to invite me onto your show to have your listeners who trust you. I get to transfer that trust Mm -hmm. by you essentially endorsing me and saying, Christine's good enough. For all of us to hang out with her. She is worthy. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. I receive. And like, you're going to pay to have this edited. You're going to pay to have this promoted. You're going to get, you know, the social proof of putting it out on your channels. That's a big deal. And most people treat it instead of being a person of value, they treat it more like they're a vampire. Hmm. And They come on wanting to suck as much as they can out of the host and the audience. Let me be pitchy. Let me hit my talking points. Well, you'll learn that if you buy my book. You'll learn that if you join my program. And like, nobody wants to hear that, but it's rampant. And so I personally want to disrupt this side of the industry and teach people like how to form real long-term relationships. Like you're talking about that do lead to all of those things. Uh, instead of just it being a transaction of like, thanks for having me on the show. Hope it was good. 
Yeah. Bye. Find my book. Yep. <laughs> I mean, as an author, I get that because there's a lot of people who come on shows when they're doing their book author rounds, and I totally get it. But yeah, that is a very valid point coming at it, as you know, being a podcaster too, of the costs behind a podcast, the running costs, the team costs, the hosting, everything, like the putting the energy and effort in as to who you want on your show, the topics, everything. So I really appreciate that you come in and go, well, that's a real privilege to be part of that versus, oh, this is a great opportunity for me to pitch my stuff. And again, hand on heart, like I've swayed between those two things. Sometimes I'm like, oh, this is going to be an awesome opportunity. But I always do go in going, how am I going to make this really fun, really entertaining or really insightful or give a ton of value so that people are just feeling like they can actually take action and do something. So I will never leave with, oh, and you need to find the rest of those tips in my but I just hate that as well. I totally. Yeah. Yeah. And listen, there's only so much about your book or my book or whatever, anything that I can share in a conversation. I can't read the entire thing to you. My audiobook is four and a half hours long. Right. So it's like, it's not (laughs) even a competition. It's like, talk about what you can talk about. And then if people want more, they will take the next step because the right ones fall in love with you in this medium when you show up in this way. Yeah, exactly beautiful so what is it that you do without giving away all your secret sauce that you feel people just miss so a few things that I think are most key because this matters before during and after the interview so before the interview you want to make sure it's a vibe check like you don't just want to go on the top show because they have a massive audience you want to make sure This is somebody you're going to be making friends with to the extent that you can and to the extent that it's not turning into a one-sided stalker relationship, right? (laughs) So if this is somebody you're going to be friends with, you're going to invest a little bit of time in learning about them before you pitch them instead of doing, you know, what's known as the spray and pray that most people do when they pitch. And frankly, I get a lot of pitches. I'm sure you do too, that most agencies do when they pitch. It's just like, this person would be a great fit for your show. Copy and paste bio, copy and paste one sheet. Would you like an introduction? And I'm like, no, I would not. This has (laughs) nothing to do with me and everything to do with the fact that this is going to be a one-way transactional relationship. Mm. I have no idea what that person is like. I don't know if I'm going to like talking to them. I don't know if I want to give a precious hour to talking to them and then paying my team to promote them. Right. But If you go out of your way to find out what makes a podcast unique, what makes the host unique, what do you particularly like about it? And then you put that in a succinct pitch that also talks about how you're going to help that host. That's going to get noticed because nobody does it that way. Yeah. And then when you show up, they're going to be like, well, that was the best pitch I've ever seen. That's why you got the yes. I never respond to pitches and I responded to yours. And so the interview is going to go differently. Mm -hmm. If you can shift in your mind from making the conversation a straight interview to making it a conversation where you get to go back and forth with the host and interact and not be a robot with talking points, that's going to stand out. And then I also highly recommend that you send a gift after the podcast. So almost no one does that. And literally even the top 0.1% of all podcasts 
out there. Like no one ever sends them presents. The top ones, they're like, I know that's like one of them sat across from me. And he was like, Christine, I spoke at whatever the top podcast conference was. And it was about how to be a good guest. And I just told them what you did because I have like 300 episodes and literally I could count on one hand, the number of people who sent a gift or whatever. It doesn't have to be anything expensive, but it's a way of furthering the relationship after the show and like letting them know that again, you value the time, the investment and all of that. So I think those are three like really tangible things that anybody could do. Yeah, I love that. And I have received a few gifts over time. And it's always like, wow, you sent this to New Zealand or wherever I was in the world at the time of recording is always really, really lovely. And that they, you know, they took the time to do that. It's interesting because I'm sure you know Shrini Rao of the Unmistakable yes! Podcast. Yes. And I love the good rants that he puts out around because he's done, oh my God, I don't know, like a thousand episodes. And I always love that he's very choosy about who he has on. He doesn't take on people who are like, oh, we can only speak for 15 or 20 minutes. Or he doesn't take on people who are promoting books all the time. He takes on people who he's really curious about, interested in, who's doing creative work that he chooses. And he's got a really successful podcast as a result. And he has crafted the art of interviewing. You know, he takes it really seriously. But I love how he writes about that. He's like, don't come to me with your, as you said, blanket pitch. Don't tell me they're on a book tour and they can do 20 minutes. I don't care. Mine are an hour. And just being more, yeah more discerning about who you have on your podcast ultimately makes it better. So I love that you said when you are doing that pitch that one, the ones that always stand out to me are they've genuinely listened to an episode rather than, oh, we love your podcast, especially this episode. And I'm like, that was the latest one. So did you really listen? Unless they actually put in what they enjoyed about it. And then immediately off that riff on, because I really enjoyed that podcast, you talked about this. And that actually happens to be an area that we love talking about, or I love talking about would you be open to having me on your podcast? Because I'd love to extend on that and talk about these three things. And I'm usually like, yeah, great. You did your work. You did your due diligence. I also love it when they will put, by the way, I've been on these recent shows. If you want a soundbite of how I interview, because that's important too, right? I don't, I often will go off and listen to that and go, yeah, they've got great energy or they've got a good way about them or they're unique in how they approach things. They're not formulated, as you said. So yeah, I really, I just love those tips for anybody listening. So good all in. Christine is so right. And another person who did it, probably one of the best pictures of all time was also from a media background like you, Janet Murray, mm. who's all about media. And it was just a, like I use it as an example and did in courses of how to pitch well. It was so personalized. She had great bullet points of what she could bring to my audience. She'd listened to my other podcasts. She knew what I was about and it was just a hell yes. <laughs> Like in an instant, right? A hell yes. And we've gone on to do cool things together. You know, like I've been on her podcast. We've cross-promoted. It's been, we've met up in person in London, just like you said. So I love that. Just really thinking about what's in it for them versus what's in it for me is a really fantastic start. I'm sure a lot of people are sitting here listening and going, yeah, Christine, this is all awesome, but how do you even know who to pitch? Or how do you sort of build up that courage to pitch yourself for a podcast? And just as you were talking, I was like, how many podcasts are there out there? 2.5 million. Shoot. Okay. And climbing every month by at least 0.1 million. Wow. 2.5. So just first off, for those of you listening, if you can't land one out of 2.5 million podcasts, then it's just some tweaks that you need to do because you're going to be on some of these podcasts. But I guess the question here is taking those beautiful tips into account that you said how do we get over our sort of fear of 
rejection maybe like my points aren't good enough I'm not really a leading expert I have a small audience I don't have a lot to offer these people take on big name guests how do we want to be thinking about that when we are starting out into this pitching area it's a really good question I like to ask my audience what they're listening to Mm -hmm. I find that that you're probably going to find some hidden gems and it's such an easy way of doing market research. And also when you can go back to somebody, even if it's a friend or one of your favorite clients and be like, thank you so much for telling me about this show. I pitched them and they're having me on. And then of course they're going to listen to your episode and be like, I did that. I added value there. So that would be where I would start. I would ask your audience. It can be wherever you're most active on social. It could be your email list if you have one. You could reach out personally to your favorite clients and ask them to like screenshot what they subscribe to on wherever they listen and just make it really easy on yourself. Otherwise, you're going to sit down on Apple Podcasts or wherever, and you're going to jump right into swimming in the sea of overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And you're going to follow this rabbit trail and this rabbit trail. But if you have people who are a couple steps behind you, who like you, who engage with your stuff, like why not just let them tell you? And then see which ones are not the top 0.1% of the world. You can look on a site called listennotes.com. And that's going to give you a lot of information about how active they are, whether they have guests, how big the show is, all of that. And then I think probably like a lot of the work that you all do in the 10K Club is unlearning, we were talking about this in the pre-chat, right? Like unlearning employee mindset, which is teaches us, oh, boss always knows better. Teacher always knows better. And teaching us to learn to like own our expertise and not our inherent worth of being humans, but like what beyond that, what we have created, what we have learned and like, can we help one person with it? Especially if you work with clients or you're asking clients to pay you, like all the podcast interview is, is you talking to one other person about something that you love talking about for free. Yeah. That's it. And then it gets shared out, but you can just show up and be your weird self as weird as you are, whatever makes you weird. And (laughs) like, just try it. See if you like it. And then if you like it, it's like anything. It's practice. It's feedback. It's deciding if this is something you want to give your focus to. But it's kind of like a live video. People are so scared to do their first live, to be visible in that way. Takes way too long. And then when you finally do it, you're like, well, I didn't actually die. (laughs) still here. So do we want to do that again or not? Yeah. So I was just thinking about the number of people in my Launch Your Damn Course Accelerator who were so fearful of a Facebook Live or a live video Mm -hmm. who finally just did what I said, just just turn up and just talk to one person like a friend and then found out that they freaking loved it. I just, I love those results, right? Like when they've scared away from it for years, they do one, They have like five viewers and they're thrilled and they're hooked. And they're like, that was so much better than I thought. And it wasn't that weird. And and the same goes with this, right? Just that first little outreach, you might be like, is this going to land? 
And my biggest tip on that would be please follow up, like follow up, follow up, like what's the phrase follow up, like a crap, not like a crazy woman, but the amount of pitch requests that you and I probably both get that you can't get to them all. And it's really lovely when somebody reminds you and just say, oh, just making sure this landed in your inbox. Really great start, right? At three or four times I get people following up and then I finally answer. And it's not because I'm being terrible at email. It's just like, this is literally not my priority right now, but yes, I will bulk schedule and make a time to read through all these pictures and go for it. So just follow up. Don't take that as personal rejection after one email and follow up on multiple platforms because they might be more active on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn might be their thing. So Twitter used to be, as you'd probably know in the media, it used to be the easiest place to get a quick DM mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. connect with people because a lot of media people on there, that's how it sort of started, right? So yeah, just for those people listening, don't ever take it as rejection and don't stop at one no. What I'd love for you, Christine, to actually share is like just some of your, I always love stories, right? So couple of your favorite clients who have taken your amazing advice who work with you because I know this is something that you offer and do and we'll talk about that but just to showcase some of the examples of what's possible when you take a leap have you got a few in your head that you love sharing yeah so one of my mastermind colleagues he's been in business for a long time it's a seven-figure business and he decided he was going to turn off his like five figures a month of ad spend and see, I know, see if he could replace it with this method. And I think he did less than like maybe five interviews in a month. And he had a hundred thousand dollar month. Wow. And I was like, what is his? Yeah. He's a coach. He helps people who are in the health and wellness industry. So it helps them kind of like you break out of the grind and really design a business that supports their life, the life that they want to live. I haven't done that yet. So I was like, teacher has become the student, student has become the teacher, right? (laughs) Like way to go. A lot of times we just need somebody to simplify a thing that's feeling overwhelming to us. We have our zone of genius, right? And then I have another one who I want to overcome this idea that if you're not like super charismatic and quirky and performy like me, that Mm. you can't win with this. So he is very calm level energy and he sells in what I would consider to be a perceived smaller niche, which is US based only flipping houses. Hmm. So that's what he teaches. And he's very laid back and chill. And he has found that on average, he books one 5K US client in his programs for every podcast appearance. Wow. I know. And like compared to running ads or shouting into the void of Facebook groups or like whatever, that ROI for time and energy investment is just unmatched. And it's really because of the way that you are choosing to show up. Mm-hmm. rather than, oh, well, I'm going to go on 10 shows and hope that I get something from it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And actually just thinking about some of the guests I've had, pretty rare, but some of them I've gone on to work with just because I mm-hmm. loved the way they came across. I love the advice that they gave. And I was like, oh, actually, you're the person I'm looking for. You know, I did some work on childhood trauma last year, having Mia Hewitt on the show. And she just sold me on it just through her general like not enthusiasm, but just the way she spoke about it. I was like, yeah, I trust you. I like you. Tell me more. 
So just for those listening as well, sometimes we drink, we like not drink the Kool-Aid, terrible thing, but we really like bring on guests who are inspiring to us and who do have so much to offer. And I think it's a really good sign when you take them up on something, even if they're not offering it to you, just because you really enjoyed the conversation and discussion, like your client who closes at least one client per podcast episode, which is amazing. And just kind of gets you thinking about it in a whole new way. So it may not be leads or traffic or kudos or, as you said, sort of attention. But if one person listens and they're like, oh, man, I need what you have or where have you been all my life and you have the right offer in place, that is huge. I'm just curious, like, do you think it's also important to have a podcast at some point so you know what it feels like or you know what it's like? Or would you actually suggest to people just always be guesting on others? Because I'm saying this from a personal point of selfish view. I've often thought about what if I just flipped my strategy after all these years and just got on other people's podcasts all the time and had great conversations and created good community from that relationships. And as much as I love podcasting, is that a thing that you've seen people have more success with? Yeah. Just guesting or also having their own show, even if it's small, to kind of be able to talk more about the things that they love and have a better voice. Yeah. So I would say that the majority of people who have booked a ton of shows and seen a ton of results working with me, they don't have their own podcast. And I didn't either until I had been on over a hundred podcasts because people kept telling me, oh, you should start your own. That would be so awesome. And honestly, seeing what goes into it as a guest, it just felt like more pressure to me. And I didn't want to add something else to my plate that was going to feel like, oh, I have to be thinking about the next or the next in the shows. And so it wasn't until something finally clicked after a hundred plus shows where I was like, this is how I can do it in a way that feels fun for me on my own terms. And it doesn't feel like a should anymore. But when I'm advising people, I'm saying it makes so much more strategic sense to go where there's an existing audience than to do the work and invest the money and the time and the consistency to build an audience from scratch, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you're going to post in a Facebook group, are you going to go to one that has 10 people in it? Are you going to go to one where more people could likely see it, right? Or, you know, same on a profile, you're typically going to pick where you have the most people hanging out. And so my opinion, the same thing applies to podcasts, to be a guest first, then you can figure out if you like it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, really, really love that. Do let people know about your podcast because I've been on it and it's awesome. So what did make you take the leap in the end and go, yeah, I'm going to do this? Was it that so many people told you you should? Or were you like, I finally feel like there's a lot that I want to talk about. There's a lot that I want to share. And I want the privilege of having the right people on my show. Yeah. So I think I got back in touch with how much I love to be interviewed, but I also really love to interview. Mm. And that comes from helping people get comfortable in front of a mic or on camera, being a documentarian where I would do the interviews. And I could get people who were like terrified to speak, to forget that the camera was in the room. Mm -hmm. And to open up, I once, random, I once interviewed Papa John Schnatter, who is the head of this huge billionaire, head of this huge pizza chain here in the US. And he totally forgot that a camera was on and started like 
saying these really controversial things about the local government because he lives here in town and sharing all this stuff. We're looking around at each other being like, he doesn't have a minder. This billionaire is talking to this girl in her thirties about how much he hates the mayor and politics. And like, he is now considered somewhat disgraced, right. but like at that time he wasn't. And we were all like, oh, I don't know where that tape is, but man, it was but a you thing. You just let him, you just got him to let rip, yeah. which is a skill. <laughs> yeah, right. And so I heard that enough. And when I would interview people, like my clients, they would have me on their podcast to interview them because I could get them to, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And people kept saying to me like, oh, no one's ever asked me that before. Like, that's such a good question. I have to think about it. No one's ever asked me that. And so when I started thinking about, I was hosting interviews in my Facebook group at the time. And I was like, I like performing. I don't like recording in a vacuum. So if I can stream this into my Facebook group and be a performer, and then we can take the audio and we could turn it into an episode, that feels fun for me. Mm. And so I put all those pieces together and my podcast, no one's ever asked me that was born. And Natalie is the most recent guest as of the time of us recording this. It's true. And it was so much fun. And I love that no one's ever asked me that because it's just curiosity, right? Like, let's get in there and super, super fun. And you did ask a lot of questions that nobody asked me before. And it was just great because it gets you thinking. Like I had so many ahas over that podcast of, oh yeah, because we talked all about memberships, right? And how to monetize them. And it was super fun to go back on the journey of how I've created the 10K Club and previous memberships and really just settle there and reflect and get some introspection going on and going, huh, this is what we're doing really well. And this is what I'd love to do more of. So yeah, that's the power of interviews, I think, as well as each time you do one, or you host somebody on one, you become better at asking great questions, hopefully, digging into topics and being a little bit more controversial, you know, maybe getting them to open up in ways that they haven't before, which makes it infinitely more interesting. And when you're on shows, I think you get better at crafting what it is that you do do really well, like what your superpower is, what your skills are. And it reminds you of why you do what you do. So I love that you just talked about the benefits of both. Like I've been interviewing, actually, you just reminded me ever since probably school when I was on the school magazine. And then Mm -hmm. I got a job in media as a Sky Sports presenter in motorsports. (laughs) It just reminded me back in my 20s when it was supposed to be like a, I was doing some modeling and then this opportunity came along to be a presenter and an interviewer. And I was like, that's hell yeah, that's way more interesting. Mm -hmm. And I would be interviewing these motocross riders, Formula Ford drivers, and just, sorry, this is completely off the topic, but just talking about interviews, right? We did our first live one, live, live, live. So you couldn't screw it up. And I was squatting down beside this Formula Ford car with a pretty up and coming young racing driver. And I just preempted him saying, so I'm just going to throw this question to you around this and we'll do it after they've done the motorbike and the vintage car and then you, and we'll be all good. Do you have any questions? He's like, no you're the interviewer. And I was just like, I was already nervous, right? Because it was live. And I was like, you prick, like that really like put me off. So when it came round to him, I just totally threw him with a completely different question and he just mucked it up and it was great. And I was like, all right, back to you, John. And I was like, yes, I don't know. Just in that moment, I realized also the power that you have as an interviewer. If somebody's going to be a prick on the other side of it, then like test them out. I just remember that it was so much fun because I was so nervous already. And I was like, really? All right. I'm going to throw you a curly one. I love that. (laughs) And it's the same way when we work with clients too, right? Like I just got something this morning that was kind of like pretty condescending from somebody that I was thinking about working with. And I was like, 
you know, and it doesn't even matter if you want to give me money. Like I'm in business to work with people that I love hanging out with, just like if I'm going to pitch a podcast. And this is why we're, we get to choose our coworkers. We get to choose our clients and like, there's plenty of business. So if you don't like the way someone responds to you, like, thank you next. Yeah, definitely. And for those of you listening with podcasts, feel free to pull an interview if it didn't go well. I know slightly off topic now, but you are the host of your podcast. You want great guests to be on there. If something didn't resonate, I've only done it once. They were an older white person and they were just stale and male. Mm. No offense, they really were. And I was like, this just doesn't sit with the vibe of what I want. It was dull. It was formulaic. I couldn't get them to open up. I'm not going to include it. And they never checked back. It was, I was obviously just a tick box exercise. So don't be afraid to pull stuff that doesn't suit. And don't be afraid to ask, as Christine does, the questions that nobody asks, because that is going to make your show newsworthy and also listenable. And also think about the same when you're interviewing for other people. How can you bring in fresh angles to topics that people just aren't talking about? Or be just really honest about it. Have a contrarian view, not just for the sake of being contrarian, Mm. but advocate for what you care about, right? People can tell. Yeah. We have had so much fun here. I'm just mindful of the time and more podcast interviews. So where is the best place for people to find out more about you and thank you for your time and wisdom and maybe even just maybe work with you? You know what? I would love, love, love to connect with all of you. So beyond Natalie's amazing episode on my show, I have a podcast guesting checklist that you can download and just have in front of you to reference for free when you're going through this and trying to sort through all of the 2.5 million. (laughs) And so uh, you can grab that at bit.ly slash podcast hyphen guesting hyphen checklist. Perfect. I will make sure that we link to that in the show notes and spell it right for everybody, which is going to be awesome. And that is so useful to have. So thank you for making that available. And yes, definitely do listen into our episode. I will link to it in the show notes as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been a blast. It actually gets me excited about why we love the medium of podcasting, which is not going anywhere, folks, not going anywhere at all. If anything, as Christine said, it's growing by the day. It is. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And thank you just for doing the work that you do. And obviously everyone listening knows this, but Natalie is amazing. If you haven't yet jumped in to let her and her team whatever that grammar is, uh, support you in the 10K club. I cannot recommend it enough. Thanks, lovely. We're big fans of it, but we're biased. (laughs) As you should be. Thank you again. So I really, really hope you enjoyed that episode and conversation with Christine. She is awesome. You can come across to get the show notes for this episode at nataliesisson.com forward slash podcast and just search on Christine McAllister is probably the easiest way. Don't forget to go grab her gift, which I am totally going to get because it's been a long time since I think I've had a checklist on what makes for a great guest on a podcast. We have put that in the show notes, but it is bit.ly forward slash podcast dash guesting dash checklist. And you can also find her on Instagram if that's your jam, life with passion. Actually, it's at life W Passion. She's on LinkedIn, all the good places. I hope you have an amazing day. I hope you seriously think about your own podcasting strategy. And I would love for you to let me know in the DMs of Instagram or just share with me, screenshot this podcast if you enjoyed it. Just let me know like what you think about podcasting and maybe what this has inspired you to do. 
And in the meantime, go forth, tap into your potential, get paid to be you and have an incredible week ahead. 